You're listening to Drones in America on Market Scale. Your host, Grant Guillot, leads the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team for the law firm of Adams & Reese. Every week, he will be chatting with leaders, influencers, and experts who are impacting the rapidly growing commercial drone industry in the United States to help us through the complex web of technology and policy. Welcome back to Drones in America by MarketScale. I'm your host, Grant Giot, and I run the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Practice Team at the law firm of Adams & Reese. This week, I'm joined by Jeremiah Karpowicz, the Editorial Director at Diversify Communications. Those of you in the community and the industry probably know this name very well. Jeremiah is frequently putting out content and, you know, introducing the industry to key figures in our sector as well as major developments and maybe some not so major developments but he's a consistent voice who's out there and he is certainly an advocate for our industry jeremiah welcome to the program thank you grant i'm just sad we can't be doing it in person like we planned i agree we were going to have this conversation at one of the conferences but you know obviously right now that is not in the cards um who knows when it will be it will be at some point and that's kind of one of the overall messages that i wanted you and i to get out today because i think we agree on that that this will end and there will be a time when all of us in the commercial drone industry are able to congregate shake hands network and you know visit with each other face to face but um, why don't we start with you telling me a little bit about your background, how you got to become the editorial director for Diversify Communications, and what's started your interest in drones? Yeah, you know, that all stretches back to moving out to Los Angeles to be some kind of writer. Uh, in my head, that was some kind of screenwriter, screenplay writer, or, you know, write a movie or a TV show. And as it turns out, that's not as simple as, as you might think it is, surprisingly. Um, but I started doing another type of writing, so I, w I started working for a publication that covered some production and post-production equipment, and it wasn't in about 2013, 2014, drones were kind of coming on the scene, literal scene, in terms of being able to capture footage for various productions. Um, and I worked for a company that was working in trade shows that was covering that. And that eventually rolled over into something that was under diversified communications. And then and divert, around that 2015, diversified communications had launched uh, the commercial UAV Expo. And it was one of their most successful events ever, right out of the gate. And the commercial UAV Expo, it wasn't it wasn't covering the the cinematography piece, which is where the the drones were, but it was more about drone using drones in construction or for inspe inspection purposes. So there was kind of a bridge to that that I was able to to cross and then just kind of pick up and and run with. And in those early days, I was connecting with folks like Diane Gibbons, Dave Henderson, Gene Robinson, Colin Snow, Douglas Spotted Eagle to kind of get my head around what it meant to use this technology in this very technical manner that was really making a difference. 
So you brought up the commercial UAV Expo, and I've been twice now. My first time going was in 2018. I remember I felt like a uh, a new arrival in New York City almost. I barely knew anyone, um, knew somewhat about the industry because I've been representing drone clients for a few months by then. But um, the only people I really knew there when I arrived there were a group of clients I had there. Otherwise, it was pretty much me in, in the Wild West, it felt like. Fast forward a year when I went back in October of 2019, it's almost like I knew half the attendees there. Everyone's so warm and welcoming, and we still have such a small collegial group of people in our industry. Do you kind of feel the same way? Like we're kind of a, a, a close-knit community rather than, you know, competitors in a bustling industry who are all trying to outdo each other? No, I really do. And it's something I've experienced and seen and, and heard about. There were a lot of conversations that I had with folks uh, to just kind of get up to speed about where things were and where things are going. And so many people across the space are, are willing to, to pick up the phone and just have that conversation. And what's fun for me is that I can have some kind of some off the record and even on the record kind of conversations with some of these folks and being able to interview people like Josh Ziering, Lisa Elman, Mike Blades, Richard Fields, Greg Advink. And just being able to kind of capture some of their, their thoughts as in part of these articles, but then, you know, kind of talk shop with them as well is just been so enlightening. And it's been a thrill to be able to, to showcase that in a lot of different ways. You brought up Lisa Elman. We actually, you and I met at a, a commercial drone alliance event at the Commercial UAV Expo last year. And of course, Lisa is the executive director of the Commercial Drone Alliance. Tell me about the relationship between Commercial Drone Alliance and co the Commercial UAV Expo. Yeah, you know, the, the CDA provides some incredible thought leadership and for the entire drone space. But for us, Lisa makes a lot of connections with different speakers, make sure we're on the right track with some of what's coming together for the conference program. So she's just an incredible resource that allows us to dig in that much further into the this industry and to better understand and showcase what's actually happening and what people are concerned about in terms of regulation, in terms of the how users that are out there are actually focused on deploying this technology. And it's been incredible to be able to showcase that in at the expo. And, and then that's even bled over into some of the content that we do online. I completely agree. I've been working with Lisa and members of the CDA now for about six months. And it's a great group of people. They truly are driving this industry forward through their advocacy and their thought leadership. We had discussed earlier, I think I mentioned how it's not so much a competitor dog-eat-dog -dog world right now. It's very collegial, and all of us are working together to move this industry forward. This kind of brings me to the next topic that I want to discuss, and that's how drones are portrayed in the media and how you as someone who has a journalism background what you think needs to happen in order to positively shape public perception of drones 
Yeah, that's a complicated question and one I might have answered differently before March of 2020, approximately. Actually, Jeremiah, before you go forward, let me just preface this by saying for weeks now I've been doing this podcast and I keep referring to Spider-Man and some other movie where drones end up being the villains. Um, I'm happy to say that I now have a new example, or rather I should say unhappy. Last night, my children, my wife and I sat down to watch Sonic the Hedgehog and what should the villain's choice of weapon be? One guess. Wow, really? Millions and millions of drones just attacking everywhere, and everyone in the small town where the film takes place is panicking about the drones. And it's just, you know, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm saying th this is continuing to happen. If not in the news, which we know it is, it certainly is in cinema. So, um, again, my apologies for interrupting. Please go ahead. No, it's, and you know, that isn't even impacted by some of what we're seeing with, with stories out there about pandemic drones or drones that are shouting at crowds and telling them to disperse. And the, and the real challenge there is I think there's, there's some real utility in drones in some of those contexts, but it comes back to so much of what we're working through right now is about building the plane while we're flying it. So some of these organizations are deploying drones like that without maybe thinking all the way through it. And it's, it, it's just leading to that many more challenges, which is tough because I mean, drones are lit literally tools that enable social distancing in a, in a powerful way. And some of the companies that already have drones up and running or using them can still be using them and still be running business as, you know, quote, quote unquote, as normal as possible. But, you know, what, what we're seeing as a result of this pandemic with, with drone technology is almost separate from some of what has been happening in terms of the public perception of drones. And, and that's, and so it's, it's bleeding into each other. And one of the things that I, I find challenging is that I talk to people all the time who are using this technology in incredible ways and it's making incredibly positive impacts, but that stuff doesn't, get into the headlines as much as somebody who's shooting a drone down over somebody's property. And so being able to, to kind of get those stories out there and to get people understand the context of, of what this technology is actually is doing and what it's actually enabling has been a challenge. I completely agree. You are serving as part of a leadership forum that's coming up on May 19th, and I want to make sure we talk a little bit about that. It's the Unmanned Leadership Forum, and I believe it's being hosted on Facebook. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, and that's being organized and is set up by Randall Warnes from FLIR, and it's a really great thing that he's making happen. So on the subject of leadership, Let's talk a little bit about that because I know you have very strong opinions on this. It's opinions that I agree with because you and I have talked about and how if there ever was a time for leaders to rise above and, you know, show their followers that we can survive, we can prevail, now is that time. And it's the people, and I think you've made the point before, Jeremiah, that it's the people who refuse to innovate, who refuse to embrace change in the face of such difficult conditions that are setting themselves up to fail. So I may, I may not have said that as diplomatically as you probably would have, but um, I think that covers the gist of you know what you and I discussed about. Why, why don't you discuss that a little bit? 
No, it, you're exactly right. And it, it's tough to talk about leadership in the abstract and just saying, oh, we need leaders to do this or that, or we need a leader here. But it's just so critical right now in so many different ways because there are people out there, there are companies out there saying like, let's hang back, let's wait until things get back to normal. And I just think that is the completely wrong mentality right now. The world is changing around us and it needs people to provide direction and to say, here's here's where we're going. And there's uncertainty all around and there's people that, that are worried about picking the wrong direction or not being correct. And and I, I understand that because there's uh, there's so much uncertainty, but the stakes associated with just kind of hanging back make that make that untenable, frankly. Um, you know, there's it, it. It's kind of like no. Let, let me give that to you, clean. Anybody hanging back, it's kind of like a record executive uh, talking about or being concerned about uh, about CD sales and saying, "Oh, these digital download things. You know, let's let's give that a minute. It'll it'll, it'll be fine." I mean, it's 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 like swimming against the tide, and you can only do that for so long. Yeah, my kids don't even know what CDs are, and that's insane because 15 years ago we were using them. Exactly, and I mean this pandemic is a is a different situation altogether. But at the same time, there were there were leaders that that could have that could have looked at the situation and said, "We've got to, we've got to change. We've got to do something different. This, the the whole world is different now, and we can move forward in a different direction. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be something that was that we're used to, or maybe even that we're comfortable with." But there's no choice here, and and any leader right now that doesn't recognize we're in that situation, I think they're in trouble. What would you say to the energy or the construction company CEO who says, "Yeah, drones sound cool. I'm sure it is a great cost saving, risk reducing feature, but we got bigger fish to fry right now. We got to worry about getting through COVID nineteen." I would say this is how you're going to get through COVID-19 and this is how you're going to survive. Maybe not drones specifically, but some technology innovations, some different tools, some different ways of doing things, like whatever is going to make sense for you next week can be built on and expanded and that's going to make sense for your business next month and next year and maybe there is some costs with that maybe there is going to be some challenges associated with with workflows and getting people to change their behavior but guess what like that's already happening people are, are working from home in a way that they that companies wouldn't have even considered in in March before March of 2020. So that this kind of hesitance to either adopt a new tool or adopt a new piece of technology, it's not going to leave somebody in a good place because things are changing and either embracing that or running with that is, is the only option. I think you're absolutely right. It, drones by their nature are social distancers. I, I've said this time and time again, and it's, if there ever was a time to implement drone use, it would be right now. You know, there are a lot of people who really would go for drone deliveries right now that wouldn't have gone for it in February. And 
I think this whole pandemic is shining a light on all the benefits that drones are uniquely capable of providing. But just like cars and helicopters and airplanes, there's a period of time where you have to earn the public's trust. And I think you and I both agree the these public uh, these depictions of drones by either the media or cinematographers are not helpful. And although they certainly may be more interesting than, say, a drone performing a pipeline inspection or a transmission distribution line inspection, um, it doesn't nearly tell the whole story. You know, helicopters could be used for evil as well. And for a while, people were convinced they were used for only evil. And it's just, it's a public trust matter. And that's kind of a good segue into what you do with commercial UAV news. You guys do a great job of reporting the whole story, not just the negative, but the positive, and showing the public how drones are capable of being used for good and contributing to the greater good. And along those lines, you guys have been putting out some webinars during the pandemic that have been really informative. You know, there was one a couple weeks ago with Ian Smith and Lisa Elman and a few other leaders in the industry um, that was really engaging and insightful. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You know, the the insights that, that Lisa and Ian and Brandon shared on that, I, I would be doing a disservice to them if I tried to summarize them here, but it's, it's readily available as on-demand material. And, you know, they touched on a lot of this stuff. I mean, so many different elements. I mean, Lisa was talking about regulation. Ian talked about some training. Brandon specifically talked about some of the, the leadership, the lacking of leadership that, that, that he sees and the challenges that's creating. And it was just a really incredible discussion. And then just, I think it was last week we had a, or maybe that was this week, regardless, uh, we had a drone deliver. Yeah, we had a drone delivery webinar that I mean the 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 conversation there was just was just really incredible. We had five speakers and we couldn't we couldn't even get to all the questions that came in during that that webinar. And and I think they're they're just a great example of what it means to be connected and stay connected in these virtual environments. And the response that we're seeing to them shows that that people want the, those connections and that's why we're going to keep organizing them and setting them up and, and pulling in these these different industry leaders uh, like like yourself. You know, thank you so much for that, Jeremiah. I really appreciate it. I, I certainly am, feel like I have been embraced by the industry. I've enjoyed getting to meet all these great leaders like yourself who are really making a difference. And, you know, I would be remiss not to mention that our own commercial UAV news webinar is coming out on May 21st. And it's a subject that is near and dear to many of us in this country, and that's putting America back to work. In this case, it's using drones. How can drones be used to revitalize the economy? And I have a really exciting panel of guests. I have Ken Stewart with Eros, uh, Cameron Chell from Dragonfly, Tom Walker from Drone Up. Ariel Avitan from Percepto, and Frank Seguera from Conexacore, an all-star lineup of people in various industries who are going to discuss how we can use drones to put America back on track and why now is the perfect time that verticals that we typically work with should be using drones if they are not already. And I've really enjoyed working with you and the commercial UAV News crew to put this together. 
what are your thoughts or your hopes for the role that drones can play in helping America obtain economic uh, vitality again? Well, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And you mentioned that it's going to be May 21st, and so people can tune in live. But after that, it's still going to be readily available on demand. People will be able to, because we want to, we want these webinars to be resources that people can go back to and refer to and utilize. So if you're able to tune in live, you can answer those live questions, but that's going to be out there and available. You know, in terms of how drones can be handy, these tools that allow people to get back to work, I think it all comes back to something that, that we've, we've touched on is that drones are literally tools that enable social distancing that we have to keep, we have to consider for a while <laughs> exactly how long that's that's going to be. We'll, we'll see. But there's going to be a new normal. And I think drones are tools that are going to enable that new normal in a really powerful way. You know, in a, in a bigger, if you look at it in a bit, from a big, larger perspective, drones are, are these pieces of, of technology that are, that, that for years now have allowed people to do certain tasks or jobs cheaper, faster, or safer. And we've seen those differences. We can measure them. We know what they look like in terms of the bottom line. And, and those use cases are out there. We've, we've, we have stories about that. They've been talked about at the expo for years. But I think there's, there's, there's a willingness now to look at some of that in a, in a different way because in, in some cases, companies have to. So... Getting, getting America back to work is about using these new tools, like not new tools, but using tools like drones that are going to facilitate work and workflows being done in a different way. Mike Blades was on the program a few weeks ago, and he and I discussed and agreed that this whole pandemic could end up in a net positive for the commercial drone industry, even though it, it's likely going to accelerate some consolidation of businesses and it may change the landscape a little bit. We think there's a real chance that this is actually going to accelerate the integration of drones into the airspace. Would you agree? I do, because there's there's a space and willingness to do things different now. Maybe not because people even wanted to or thought that that was something they wanted to consider, but they, they've had to. Like we always talk about how, how change is hard. Getting people to just do something different is, is difficult. Like, I mean, even, and it, it goes all the way down to the personal level. Like, I kind of sort of need a new phone right now, but I don't want to deal with the logistics of going through and getting the system from whatever to whatever. What I've been doing is easier and simpler, so I don't deal with anything else. And I think that's something that factors into adopting a, a new tool like a drone is that, yeah, maybe the... The, the savings are there or the differences are there, but getting into that is something that a, a C-level executive isn't going to want to deal with. But now in this new world with that, that we're living in, like that kind of just not dealing with it isn't a choice. I mean, people's behavior has, has completely changed. I mean, when I go for a run on the street right now, people are jumping six feet out of the way on the other side when we walk by each other. Like the 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 speed that that people have changed has has stunned me but that's just that's just proof that it can happen and it, in a lot of cases it needs to happen absolutely 
you mentioned the UAV, commercial UAV expo, and of course, I mentioned it earlier in the program. You and Lisa Murray and the entire diversified uh, communications team do such a fantastic job with that event. Like I said earlier, um, I've been twice now. This would be my third year. Um, it, right now, it's scheduled for September in Las Vegas. Do you have any updates regarding that event? You know, we're really looking forward to connecting with the community and to putting on the the best program that 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 we can. And to and as you said, I mean, our people in our net community are asking us about when we can get together, and they're anxious to to make that happen. You know, we still have those September dates on the on the schedule, and we're committed to that event, and we want to make it happen. Absolutely. We're almost out of time, Jeremiah, but one of the things that I really wanted to kind of talk to you about, and you and I had talked offline about this, you know, instilling a message of positivity that, you know, you mentioned the new normal, and, and in certain cases, that certainly is true. Uh, this has changed the world. However, the need for humans to fraternize and, and congregate and, and talk face-to-face I don't think anything could supplant that. And I think that, you know, regardless of how long this pandemic and social distancing issue lasts, there will be a time where things will return to maybe not the level of normal they were in February of 2020, but there will be a normal that allows for conferences, allows people to gather in mass crowds and to shake hands, to network to actually get to see each other face to face. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's something that that we've heard. Like people are telling us we we want this event. We want to get together in this way. They want to be able to connect with these exhibitors to understand how their tools are going to make a difference for their workflows. So that's that's something that that we hear across the board. You know exactly when and how that's going to happen is something that's that's ever evolving but you know the the traction that we're seeing with with our webinars and even with our, our traffic you know people want to stay connected and so we'll we're going to stay connected with them in that in that digital format and when we can get back together in person we're going to with i mean frankly at the at the first chance we get well i certainly look forward to being able to hang out with you and the rest of the community in person Hopefully, maybe September, if not, hopefully not too far after that. But in any event, we will all be in the same place again. And I know there's going to be a lot of handshakes and, you know, a, a lot of well wishes. People are going to love seeing each other again. And many of us in this country and worldwide are ready for that. Regardless of what the new normal becomes, we will be back at the conferences and the conventions and we'll be stronger and better than ever for it. Uh, Jeremiah Karpowicz, thank you so much for joining us. You are a visionary and an industry leader. I've been waiting to have you on the program. I'm excited that we were able to get together on this. I definitely want to chat with you on the program again. Perhaps maybe next time we'll be uh, in person at a conference where we can actually record there. And um, do, is there anything else you want to share? Do you have any other projects coming up that you want us to know about? You know, I'd, I'd say to stay tuned for, for more webinars that we're going to be, be rolling out in the, in the coming weeks and months because we have seen what an incredible way it is to, to stay connected with, with everyone. 
And, you know, the only thing I'd want to leave everybody with is that we are in this time of uncertainty and we aren't sure what's what's going to happen. But as you talked about with in that conversation with with Mike Blades, you know, I don't want to say that that what's what's going on around us is an opportunity, but there's there's space for innovation and to do things different. Like the entire concept of whether or not we need to work in an office is being rethought and reconsidered in a way I wouldn't have ever thought was possible before March of 2020. So the entire world is is kind of changing and being reshaped around us. And that in some ways that's kind of scary, but it's also kind of exciting because what this new normal that we have, it's going to be different and where our place is in that and what it means for us to move forward both on a business perspective and even on a personal level is something that we can define and we need to actively consider that in every way shape and form i agree thanks again jeremiah for being on the program and we look forward to chatting with you again in the future looking forward to it as well grant thank you